can we just take a moment and be in his presence? Well, we're not in a hurry today. God, as we sing about your presence and your name and your authority, we're overwhelmed. You almost have a sense like talking too much at this moment, even my prayers just getting in the way. And let's just let Jesus be Jesus, huh? Let his presence touch your life. We stand in awe of your presence. I would invite you to do it if you are in a place where you can, but if you're able to kneel before the Lord, there is just for me, as I stand up here, an overwhelming sense of the majesty and the awe of God to the point where I don't want to get in the way of it. Like, can we just kneel before the Lord, kneel before his presence? believe what the Lord is inviting us into, whatever age you are, from the youngest to the oldest, just to inviting us into surrender. The posture of bowing before the King exemplifies surrender, and hands open exemplifies surrender, but it's a heart that just says, God, I give you my hopes, my dreams, my, my issues, my worries, my failures, my striving, and the, the picture I have of surrender is that fall back into the arms of a loving God and just you know the secret really following Jesus is not trying hard it's giving up it's giving up your fleshly pursuit of wanting to be the one in charge of your life 
And I'd, my invitation to you, which I believe is from the Lord, is to surrender your heart to Jesus. Amen.
I just want to share something um, that God put in my heart. And it just so happens that my mom is here today. And she experienced both a physical but, a, but also spiritual healing. And um, I wanted to share that with you because I feel like God is talking to our hearts today. There's a lot of people here with hearts that are hurt, hearts that are broken. <laughs> and he can heal that. Only he can heal that. Only he can. The way he touched my mom, you know, she, she had you know, major heart surgery, but at the same time in that hospital, he came to her in that moment of need. And he not only healed her heart, but he, he, healed, he healed her spiritual side as well. She felt like it was a light that just went inside her, that touched her. And, and just what I'm feeling now is that God is saying to those that need a touch of the heart, those that feel hopeless, broken, only God can mend that. It's only through him. So don't let this moment pass you by. Just let him open yourself to him. Let him touch your heart. Amen. I want to invite um, Crosby, would you join me up here? Um, this is a microphone. Crosby has a testimony that he's going to share, and as, as he's walking up now, Ben's testimony about his mom's healing and what Crosby's about to share with you, and the way that, that God is so graciously and clearly manifesting his presence to us in these days is remarkable. It's remarkable. It's remarkable how it's like in the air. You know, that there's a hunger and thirst for righteousness, and there's a response of a, of a loving God who wants to heal and touch people's lives. It's, it's not like a circusy, you know, it's not contrived, it's not made up. It's a, it's a grace from God that is so gently resting on us. And if you experienced what we just did now, like literally walking up here to want to preach, and trust me, I like got some stuff. 
I was like, I'm not going to mess with the presence of God that is so gently powerful, right? That's the only way I know how to say it. It's just so gently powerful, just wanting to rest on us and wanting to touch our hearts. This is our God. And, and to tell of his wonders is so important because as we began to do earlier four weeks ago, we're borrowing stories until he gives us our own. And he is giving us our own stories. He's doing our own miracles. He's doing his own miracles for us, right? So last week we talked about this dramatic provision. For those of you that weren't here and didn't hear the story, God literally gives us $2.3 million in order to pay off our facility. Nobody knew about it. It wasn't asked for. God graciously gave it to us. That is a definition of a miracle, right? God at work. I will tell that story over and over again. All my neighbors know that story. Everybody's heard that story because no one is the hero of that story but God. If anything, part of that story is my own weakness and failure to miss something. God is good. And in that moment, sorry, I made you stand up. I'm going to talk just for a minute. You're going to get... In that that story, I had, in in my life, in my my prayer time, I'd been asking God, Lord, I I, I just need you to show up. A prayer that I often pray is, Lord, just intervene. Because when you don't know what to pray, I just want God to show up, right? God, would you just show up in my life? And if you look at my journal and, and some weeks leading up to that, just asking God, just would you show up in my life? It wasn't a miracle for us. Like, I want to preach better. I want to do it. It's like, show up. And I walked away from that miracle, and I was driving my car home. It's actually a truck because I'm a man. But I was driving my truck home, and, and I heard the Lord so crystal clear in my mind say, how's that for showing up? How's that for showing up? Right? And so God is the hero of every testimony. God is the hero of every testimony. And he wants to show up in your life. And he's showing up like real time right now. The presence of the Lord is here, and he's showing up in your life, and he showed up big in in Crosby's life. And so I wanted you to share what you shared with us. Yeah, definitely. Um, So in my context, I work with college students at Chapman University and then a couple of uh, community colleges in the area. And uh, in our context, when we share a story of what God is doing, uh, they always start the same. They say, hi, my name is blank, and I want to give glory to God, to which those who hear say amen. So is it all right if if we do some of that together? Awesome. Hi, my name is Crosby, and I want to give glory to God. Amen. Yeah. So this week, uh, with students on campus, we had an experience where scripture came to life. I was studying um, I was studying Acts 3 with a couple of our small group leaders, and they were prepping for a small group that they were going to lead later in the week. And in Acts 3, it's a story about Peter and John, and they're going in the temple to pray, and they see a beggar who can't use either of his legs. And he asks them for money, and Peter looks at him, and he responds, silver and gold I have none, but what I have I offer you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then the beggar uh, gets healed miraculously by Jesus in that moment, much to the awe and amazement of those around. And so we were studying this passage, and we were all struck, both at uh, God's generosity in that moment to heal this man, and the fact that uh, Peter and John, they were walking into the temple doing something they did often. 
and how God might want to use us in the normal everyday life for something miraculous to happen to someone else. And we were also struck at Peter's faith to ask boldly for God to do something in his life. And so we had our time together and we wrapped up and one of our small group leaders, SJ, she needed to study. So she was heading on into the library and as she was heading into the library, she felt God stop her and draw her attention to a man who was sitting on the bench outside of the library. She went over there and he had a cane and he was, uh, she struck up a conversation with him and throughout the course of the conversation, she learned that this man had been in bed for the past seven months because he had gotten in a car accident and couldn't use his legs. And this was his first week of being able to be outside of the house and walking around, yet it was really painful for him to do so because of all of the surgery and all of the recovery. And so in that moment, she asked him, well, can I pray for you? And he was a little hesitant at first, um, but he allowed her to pray over him. And she prayed very simply. She just asked God, God, would you heal this man's leg. And after the prayer, uh, they kind of finished their conversation and she said, well, do you want to stand up and try it out? And he was a little bit nervous at first, but she said, well, why don't we do this together? And so they stood up and miraculously, he had no pain in his knee. He, yeah, amen. He didn't have to use his cane. He started walking around and trying it out. And this is a guy who's been in bed for seven months because of this car accident. And SJ uh, interprets this moment for him, and she says, this is because God loves you. Jesus did this because he loves you. And they end their conversation, and this is the part that I love the most about this story. As she's heading back in the library, because she has studying to do, right? It's a normal day for her. Uh, She hears this man go up to a random stranger and be like, hey, that girl just prayed for me, and now this this knee that I couldn't walk on for the past seven months is healed. I know. And I think stories like that, as I've been kind of replaying that in my brain of what God's been up to, uh, it has been challenging me to raise my faith. If I believe that God can do something like that, if I believe in what scripture says and the stories about who Jesus is, There's nothing special about asking God to do that same thing in my life, to do that same thing on campus. And as SJ shared that story with our fellowship on campus, uh, our students have been praying risky prayers and big prayers, expecting God to show up. And I think he might be saying the same to us as we consider how we want God to move or how we want to be open to letting God move through us to bless those around us. So I want to share uh, an addition to that testimony, and um, many of you know that my son Daniel works at Trader Joe's. If you don't know that, he works at Trader Joe's, and it's relevant to Crosby's story because of this, and I have permission, by the way. Daniel's serving with the little kids today, so he said I could tell the story. At his work, he said he's noticed that uh, a lot of his coworkers are really curious about faith. You know, it's a pretty interesting, pretty diverse environment. It's a staff of Trader Joe's. If you ever go in, there's all colors of the rainbow of personalities, hair, and everything else. And, and so Daniel's made friends with a lot of people, and, and they know he's a Christian. So they ask him questions, and he comes back and says, hey, what should I say about this? And, you know, and, and there's been a lot of prayer going on in youth group aware of some of the things that are happening there. 
And so he's at the, he's bagging groceries for a, a younger checker who's saying, um, like, so tell me more, and they're talking about faith and asking questions. They're joking, laughing, having a good time with each other and having a good time with all the customers that go through. And a, a, a young girl comes through, and, and she has a Christian sweatshirt on. And, um, and he says, oh, I, I, I know that. You know, it was a local Bible study. He said, I've been to that Bible study. And she says, oh, cool. And have you checked this one out? Oh, yeah, I've been there. And, you know, they're going on and Jack, just, just joking, laughing, whatever. And he says, hey, what's your name? And she says, SJ. And Daniel was at men's Bible study on Monday when Crosby gave that testimony. He goes, oh, so you know Crosby, huh? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. Have a good day. And she leaves, and he turns to the check and goes, you want to hear a really cool story about her? <laughs> so look at, uh, look at what God is doing. He, the, the multiplication of the glory of God where, where there's just for ordinary people doing ordinary things just about their day, being who they are, not changing your personality into something that you're not, and, and, and just looking for the glimpses of God's glory that is all around you and opportunities to just engage in conversation and not tell your story, not boast in your goodness or, or flex how knowledgeable you are, but just surrendering into the will of God with meekness, being able to say, look at what God is doing. And you know the great thing about it is you can't make this stuff up. You can't script this. You don't have to like make an elastic miracle, like, you know, like, eh, it is so miraculous somebody being prayed for that doesn't know the Lord, walking and leaping and praising God and then saying, look what God's done for me to somebody else. That's amazing. And so I, what I want to do is just tie all this together and, and add to the word that Ben gave about healing in the heart, about a desire for more of Jesus. I mean, yeah, we'll read some scripture for sure, but we're speaking scripture right now. Do you realize that? And that, yeah, thank you, amen, praise God. I want to just leave our area open here, and some of our staff will come, and, and if you desire prayer for your life, you desire just God to touch your heart, and you, whatever that looks like for you, just know that there's a place here for you. We're going to continue to worship Jesus and continue to open our hearts to the good work that he's done, because, again, when, when God moves in our lives, we don't want to get in the way of it. We want to just set the table and let you taste and see that the Lord is good. And if tasting and seeing that the Lord is good for you is you're going to taste it right there from your pew, do it. If you want to taste it up here with somebody else and have someone pray for you, then please come. But we're going to honor and glorify Jesus and just see where this takes us. Amen? Amen. Would you lead us in a song? And, and staff, please come. And deacons that are we talk to, just come. And, and if you would like prayers, we're worshiping. Please just come. And uh, we'd love to pray for you. You are good, you're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh, you are good, you're good, oh. 
let me die You're never gonna let, never gonna let me die Let's proclaim it You're never gonna let, never gonna let me die You're never gonna let, never gonna let me die God's presence, a word I feel from the Lord is that along with what Ben shared about God wanting to heal our hearts, that God is a, um, a peacemaker who's called us to be peacemakers. And I believe there are some that, that have some frustration about um, the way they're relating with God and God, um, God hasn't moved. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he wants to make peace in your heart with him. And people often say, I want peace with God. You have peace with God through Jesus. And as we're worshiping the Lord, I invite you to surrender your heart to the Lord afresh and anew. 
and find peace with God. Peace with God is a deep understanding of a word in the Old Testament called shalom, where it is just as it should be. The situations and the chaos around you might remain the same, but you're peaceful in the midst of that and you're overall blessed in your life. It doesn't mean there isn't difficulty and hardship, but you have peace with God. You've been reconciled to the Father through the blood of Jesus who died on a cross for your sin. Lord, as we continue in our worship, just pray that you would touch hearts. Lord, hearts that that feel distant from you, hearts that feel confused, hearts that feel wounded, hearts that long to have peace with you. God, I pray that you would come as the great shepherd of the sheep and you would lead us, Lord, to a place of healing and restoration and peace that passes understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
goodness is running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Goodness is running out, it's running after me. With my life laid down, surrender now. goodness in our lives. It's unmistakably clear. We don't have to make it up or make it better. It's beyond what we could think, ask, or even imagine. Lord, your presence is so precious to us, God. We're grateful. God, are grateful for the way that you're mending hearts, the way that you're reconciling relationships, the way that you're healing wounds. You're the great physician, God. You're healing us emotionally as well as physically. Thank you, God. We acknowledge it and we honor you. Would you just, wherever you are, just thank God for what he's doing in your life. Just speak out gratitude. Just thank him for the provision he's given you. Thank him for the healing that's yours in Jesus' name. Thank you for the peace that he promises in a world of turmoil. Thank you, God. We praise your name. To, to read a, a portion of scripture over you. And, and we're gonna continue with ministry as long as it's needed. We'll have the altars open. But I had a, a, an experience this week that I also wanted to share with you. And, and uh, let me read this passage from James chapter three. This is our, our chunk of scripture for today. It's James 3, 
13 through 18, and I promise I won't preach the whole sermon. I'm just going to give you a nugget, all right? Here's the nugget. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false with the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, and it's demonic. For where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, where these exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, it's gentle and open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and it's sincere. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Jesus said it, like, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called sons of God or they'll inherit the earth. So this week, there was a gathering of pastors and one of the pastors has a friend at at Christ's Cathedral, which was formerly Crystal Cathedral. Beautiful campus, ginormous campus. And there at the the campus, there's a a 13-story chapel way up there. I don't know, a lot of people don't know about it. I felt like I was like at Club 33 at Disneyland, you know, like you don't know about this stuff. It's, and uh, this is this chapel. Um, there's another slide there if you want to go to the other one. Yeah, it's a beautiful small chapel and, and maybe room for about 100 people. And it's just, we were up there, pastors from different denominations, and we were praying over the city. And and this was on Thursday after the rain. And, and where, you know, where we, we, I saw this Babylon Bee post that says, new discovery in California, winter. <laughs> so, um, but, but it was like the, the rain had passed and the sun came out. We were like Californians again, you know? And we, we went up there and it was the most crystal clear day ever. And this picture does no justice to the experience. You guys all saw it on your way to work or wherever else. You look at those mountains, you feel like you're in Utah or something. I mean, it's just, covered with snow, pure white. And so we're up there and we're praying over the city. And if you look this direction, you have the San Gabriel Mountains. And if you look this direction, you have Catalina Island. Like you felt like from that view, you could literally just touch Catalina Island. Epic. And an interesting thing happened. So we're up there praying and you look over kind of west towards Anaheim, right? And there's this little peak in Anaheim. It's snow covered year round. Maybe you're familiar with it. It's called the Matterhorn, right? (coughs) You know, and, and, and there you see like this little Matterhorn and you think of Disneyland and you think of like all the, the effort and the professionalism and like you go on the cars ride or something and you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm right there. You know, these red cliffs and like somewhere in Arizona, you know, and you go in these different places and they've done a tremendous job at being artificial and the artificial nature of it is like it blows our mind. It's a fantasy world for us to get into. No trash, everything's cool, you know, and it's amazing. Well, when you get up this high altitude and you look at the Matterhorn in light of the San Gabriel Mountains, it's silly. It's literally silly. You're like, what is that thing? And I thought about that in terms of of what our scripture is today, right? It's a contrast between the world's wisdom, which is not wisdom at all, and God's wisdom, which has this whole anatomy, all these attributes, you know, these these things that are contrary to the world's system. 
And if you want to sum it up, there's one that's full of pride and there's another that's full of, of meekness and humility. James hits this hard all the way through, calling us out on our pride. And the wisdom that comes from God is a wisdom that is pure. It's first of all pure, it says. And then it goes on through that, that list of attributes and you can look at it yourself. But, but in that experience of, of being up on that mountain and then reading that passage of James, I realized that, that what God is calling us to and how it maybe fits into this wonderful moment of experiencing God's presence together and hoping and believing you're experiencing it in your context. But as, as we put these things together, we realize that, that God has called us to be peacemakers. And, and, and I thought about that. Sometimes we think a peacemaker is a mediator, right? The meaning that there's two different parties, this guy's mad at this guy, and we're going to like, it's my job to come in and bring peace between the two. I think that's a wonderful thing, and if you're good at that, that's amazing. But how many of us know that in this world, it's like nearly impossible to mediate between some of the madness that's going on, and sometimes we're like, well, I'm supposed to be a peacemaker, and you find yourself all confused. The peace of God is different than the peace of this world, just like the wisdom of God is different than the wisdom of this world. The peace of God is this idea of shalom, that things are as they should be. And that doesn't mean that the circumstances around change, but there's something of walking in this blessing of God and this peace of God. And we are called to be peacemakers. Our role of being peacemakers, and and peacemakers, it says, the peacemakers shall be called sons of God. It's what Jesus said. When you're a peacemaker, you're acting just like your dad, right? You can see different people, and then you, you see the dad and the son, and go, oh, they're just like each other. When you're a peacemaker, and the peacemaking that you're, you're called to do is helping people to make peace with God. That is the ultimate peace. And God is manifesting his presence in, the, in, our, in our world right now, showing his glory, just like he did in the early times of reading Acts, where signs and wonders happen, and people go, oh, look at what God's done for me. That sign and that wonder could be a, a physical, miraculous miracle in your knee, or it could be a change of your heart to where you often, you're, you're, you now see things completely differently. And so what I want to just speak over you is just that commission to, to do what you just did here, to glorify and honor God inside these four walls and outside these four walls, and to look to God, the author and perfecter of our faith, and, and learn to discern the difference between wisdom of this world and God's wisdom. God's wisdom is without pride. There's a, a word in there that it says that it's, it's meek, right? And I love this definition of meekness. Um, one, of the, one of the ones that I read on it was uh, meekness is, is about like you're so surrendered to God, meaning you've surrendered your will to his will, that you have patient endurance over any human offense, well, let that settle in for a second. Meekness looks like being so surrendered and submitted to the will of God that you hold patient endurance for human offenses. That means that you're like unoffendable when you're meek. And the world looks at it and goes, that guy's weak. That lady's weak. That's not weakness at all. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is ultimate strength that your offense or the offense of the one who doesn't have the peace of God, they don't know, they don't have peace with God, so of course they come off like a jerk. Can you say that, jerk and jerk? They come off like, you know, they come off in that way that, that, you're, that offends you. 
but because you've submitted to the will of God, it doesn't cause your pride to react and you have to, to respond in the world's wisdom, the world's wisdom that wants to put them in their place, the world's wisdom wants to prove them wrong. You respond in God's wisdom that's pure and that's loving. And, and it doesn't mean that you just go, oh, whatever you say, whatever makes you happy. You guys know that's not true. The Bible doesn't speak that. But what it does mean is that you avoid the silly argument, as the New Testament tells us to do over and over again, and get to the real stuff, that God has made a way through Jesus for us to have peace with God. And we get to be peacemakers. And so I, I'm going to stop here because I, I have a lot to say, but I, I believe that what's more important than the words that I say is, is, is this short little nugget of what God wants to impart to you. And I'm gonna read this passage to you again. And I'm gonna invite you to think about this throughout the week. Am I, am I an antagonist or am I a peacemaker? When there's a controversial issue, is it my, do I find it's my job to stir the pot or is it my job to discern where God is moving and find out what the real issue is? How many of you know that when people are passionate about something, the, the thing is not the thing? It's just sort of a mask for something deeper that's going on inside. Maybe angst about their own life or something else so they could pick a topic or something they're just passionate about. And so for us as peacemakers, man, we get to be able to be in relationship with someone and dig into that and find out, hey, I have an answer not to this. I mean, you could just go on Google and figure out all the other ultimate, you know, the other argument and you could do all that. But that seems to be pride but digging into the real issue of the heart and leading people into peace with God is where it's at. So this is what it says. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works of meekness, in the meekness of wisdom, excuse me. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual and demonic. For where there's jealousy and selfish ambition, where this exists, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But hear this, but the wisdom that is from above, this, this pure, authentic, real mountain wisdom is first pure and then it's peaceable, it's gentle. It's open to reason. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial and it's sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Father, as we think about all that you're doing in this moment in our lives, like this moment right here, right now at what, 1120 something on Sunday morning, we wanna be fully here we want to have eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is doing. We open up our hearts to you, to your word, that it would be transformational in our life, that, Lord, you would root pride out from those deep places of our heart, our need to be right, Lord, that you would root that out in exchange for our privilege to bear the truth, the truth that brings freedom and transforms lives and heals hearts and reconciles people to the Father and gives them an opportunity to have peace with you. I thank you for your peace that's different than the world's. And it's a peace, Jesus, that you said you give. And so we receive it now that we would be those who hold peace and that in, in holding it in our hearts and living in it, that we would 
naturally give it away without pride, without arrogance, without the, the synthetic false stuff of the world, that we would be these oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let that be so of our lives. God, I bless your people today. I bless them. Lord, may the word of God dwell richly in each one of them. Lord, fill them to overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, for the promise of your gospel that you're making all things new. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Stop.